0: Living with uncertain guilt. So we've dealt over the last two days, we've dealt with a concept in Shas, the idea of Shavya uh, Nafshe Shikati Khadisura. welcome back, Rapshal, good to see you. Um and today we'll we'll deal with another concept in, in Shas as we go through uh, the the, the Shas with, with Dafyomi and with the Matmonim is it's, it's One of the benefits is we become familiar with ideas that that are used throughout Shas and throughout our Jewish lives, but we don't always have the opportunity to go deeply into them and understand them uh, in in a way that is meaningful and relevant for us. So today we'll have an opportunity to do that with Korban Hashem Talui. Um, This morning I got two messages from... People to, and it's really nice when this happens. Somebody who used one of the recent matmonim uh, as the foundation of an, a, ma- a major address at a conference and another person, who, that was the matmonim on, the, on how one can resolve conflict and challenge by moving from, from uh, binary thinking into non-binary thinking. And, and the other one on the, the sheer on listen to what your child says, not just what your child does. Uh, was something that made a very big difference to them and the way they raised their children. So when people are able to take the matmonim and apply a principle from the daft to change their lives or to change the way they're going to address an audience or the way they're going to do a piece of business, that's what's really important to me anyway, that the, that the gemara is something that that makes a difference. That's Lil modal manat to learn in a way that you can do it. That doesn't mean if we're learning as we will today about a korban and a sham talui, uh, that you have to learn it in order to bring a Korban Hashem tali. That's not the principle. The principle is to be able to understand a principle from what we're learning that is applicable, that is relevant, that you can use. And that should be with every piece of learning that we do. There has to be something that is is, is relevant, something that we can can use. So today we have the introduction of the idea of a Korban Hashem tali. We've got Omar Rabbi Khiya Bar Ashi Omar Shmuel, A man is married to a, a a woman is married to a cherish. Cherish is deaf and dumb. And and the status of a cherish in halacha is quite complicated because we're not sure how much intentionality a cherish is capable of having when it comes to subtle and detailed intentionality. Such as kiddushin, if a cherish marries a woman, does he really understand what he means when he says that Moshe Israel does he understand all the implications of that and what that means? We can't explain it to him. He can't ask any questions. Can we rely on? Can we assume that he really knows what he's doing with full intentionality? So he has this din of, of a safek. We're not sure if he if he does or he doesn't. Which means his wife is an eish, a safek eshet ish. His wife is is we're not quite sure if she's a married woman or she isn't because we're not quite sure if that was condition or not. And if a man were to have relations with the wife of a cherish, of a person who's deaf and dumb, he would not have to bring a korban asham talui. The korban asham talui is one of the korban ashams. We, in the morning, when we say Ezu and Mekoman, we talk about six korban ashams. I think, I think there's six. And the last one is a korban asham talui, which is the one we're going to discuss at the moment. A korban asham is a sacrifice we bring for being at fault, asham. One is, uh, one is Hashem, one is guilty. It's a guilt offering. And an Hashem Talui is where you're not sure you're guilty. And, and here we see the, the, just, so, so the, the depths of, of the thinking of the Torah and the, the, depth, the depth of the psychology of the Torah. So we do something wrong. There's culpability. We hurt another person. We damage another person. We damage the world. We damage the Rabboni Shalom. These are Aveirot, and they're punishments for that. And we can do Truva for that. What happens if we do it by mistake? It wasn't intentional. So there isn't a punishment for that, but we still have to do tshuva for that because it's not just about intentionality. A person does something wrong, wrong has been done by you. Whether you intended it or not, wrong has still been done. It's not just you weren't caught or you didn't know what you were doing. That's an, that will help you as far as an onish is concerned about a, a real punishment, but chuva still has to be done. And then one step further, what happens if, you did something by mistake, but you're not sure if it was an Averro or not. Now, in most systems of ethics, okay, what do you have to worry about? Firstly, it wasn't intentional. And secondly, even if it was intentional, you're not even sure you did it. Why are you getting so worried? But the fact is that when there is uncertain guilt, it's the worst kind of guilt at all of all, as we're going to find, because other guilt you can do something about. Uncertain guilt is you—you've got this this doubt hanging over you for your whole life. I don't know if I did it or not. Uh, I- imagine, God forbid, you, you you run into somebody and you drive off, and for the rest of your life you're not sure what happened. Did you kill the person? Didn't you kill the person? Didn't you damage the person? Didn't? You? And you never find out. You live with that your whole life, and it wasn't intentional, and you're not even sure that anything happened but you live with it your whole life. So with smaller aveirot, so to say, the same thing applies. We live for our whole life with the concern and the fear of, of the consequences of what I might have done. Elio, the conversation we had there, isn't that or you were really concerned? Maybe I could have done something that might have hurt or damaged somebody and it was a problem because what do you do? In, in that particular case, if you apologize to the person, you could make it worse. Maybe you didn't even do anything wrong. So, so you don't now. What do you do? You're, being in that in that situation is is difficult. One has to work out what to do. And one of the gifts of Hashem, one of the great gifts of Hashem, is the idea of the korban hashem talui. The korban hashem talui is a, a a fault, a guilt offering you bring, and it's talui. It hangs in suspension until such time as you know whether or not you did wrong. If you find out you did wrong, you bring a korban chatat. If you didn't do wrong, then you don't have to worry about anything. But until then, you're covered by this korban hashamtali, and and we learn some amazing things from the korban hashamtali. Where does it come from? It comes from the beginning of VaYikro, Perik Dalad, We have the korban chatas. If a person makes a mistake, does it an avera by mistake? When he gets to know, or when he gets to know about it, important to know what the Korban chatat is. If you bring a sin offering for doing something unintentionally, it's a female goat that you bring. In Parik, hey, we have the Asham, we have the, the full Asham and the Asham Tzalui. ki asahad mikol Asham he doesn't know whether he committed the aver Asham but he, he carries guilt. avonor and his sin sits with him. You, you can't get rid of it because you're not even sure you did it. there's a solution. el tamim you can bring a ram. And you bring the ram according to the value of, of the of the ram. Rashi says down below in the sources, i bring it. The value of this ram is mentioned at the beginning of the parash of Korban Hashem, and it is Kesef Shkalim, Kodesh uh, La we're given what that amount is, and we'll we'll go into that in a little bit more more detail. So that's the the Korban Hashem taluy I'm not sure whether I did something by mistake or not. If I did it, it was by mistake, but I'm not even sure I did it. How can that be? Rashi brings the Gemara and the Cretus. There's a mission in the Gemara and around Daph Zayn, where the Gomorrah says we're talking about, for example, there are two pieces of meat. One is Khelev and one is shuman. They look identical. Chilev is that kind of fat that we're not allowed to eat, and if we eat, it's an isur karat. It's a very serious avera, and shuman is ordinary fat. And, uh, the, when we get out, when we get our meat, the chelev is already taken out of it. After the shkita. they remove the chelev so that there's no chance that we get chelev. That's one of the things that, uh, one has, that has to be careful about the, the hashkachot, that one has to have a proper shkita where you know that chelev is taken care of. But this man, the two pieces of meat, he ate one mm-hmm. of them. The he thought they were both fat. Va achat, he ate one. They'd say, say to him, you know, one of those was chilev. One was fat, one was chilev. And we can't determine which was which, possibly. The other one has been consumed by somebody already as well. He doesn't know whether he ate the fat or the chilev. That's what you bring in Asham Talui for. And again, love, And it protects him from consequence for as long as he doesn't know whether or not he sinned. And if he afterwards becomes aware of it, he has to bring a korban khatat. There's a beautiful second Rashi, which we won't get into now, but a wonderful Rashi to learn. It won't take you long, where the Rashi brings the Chazal, the talk about how you've got to learn from God's meticulousness about the things we do wrong, how incredibly generous he is about the things we do right. Because Hashem is more is more responsive to what we do right than what we do wrong. You know, with our kind of guilt-centered view of, of religion, especially Torah, you wouldn't think so. We're always worried about, the, the, have I done wrong? Have I done wrong? Have I done wrong? We have to be worried about that. But we also need to balance it. And this is a beautiful Rashi to learn. so uh, encouraging and uplifting that from all of these things that Hashem is so meticulous about the things we do wrong. Just learn how incredibly generous Hashem is when we do something right by mistake. We do something right and we're not sure if we even did it or we didn't do it. Just all these things, you've just got to flip the wrong to the right to understand how generous Hashem is with matters of right. Um, now this Korban HaShem, uh, I bring the Rambam at the top of the second page of the sources, where the Rambam explains exactly where the Korban HaShem applies, where it doesn't apply, <coughs> what type of doubt it has to be, uh, again, an important Rambam to learn. But what we'll focus on for the few minutes we have is the Ramban. The Ramban on, on the Parsh in Vayikra asks, V'lo bareh ma'tam yeh korban echad chatat v'shem echad HaShem? Why is there a different name for a Korban Khatat and a Korban Hashem? At the end of the day, a Korban Khatat is for doing something wrong unintentionally. A Korban Hashem is for maybe doing something wrong unintentionally. So call it a safek Khatat, call it whatever you want. Why give it its own name, asham? <coughs> and more than that, the word asham sounds more severe than the word Khatat. Khatat, I, I, I did something wrong. Asham is I carry guilt. Why would this one be more serious than the chetat? <speaking in> and <language> the Ramban "Asham <speaking in language> comes from Shamem. A person who does something that is guilty of a korban asham deserves to be a wandering, disconnected human being, because that's what guilt does." Unrequited guilt, guilt that you can't resolve, guilt that you can't do true for, because you're not even sure if you did it, sits with you and it causes you to be disconnected. It has very terrible negative effect on people. We tend to like wipe it off. "Ah, I'm not even sure I did wrong. And if I did wrong, it wasn't intentional. Eh." But deep in our psyche, it sits there. It doesn't go away until we have the opportunity to erase it with some form of tshuva. And a chathat means, and he proves these from Sukhim, the khatat means you've wandered off the road. That's what a khatat is for. Chathat is you've wandered off the road, but nasham is you've done something so serious that you deserve to be, to be wandering in, the, in, in a desolate place. sham mipnei savur she'ein alav kilon o'dash the reason an Hashem is so serious is because the person who may have done something wrong unintentionally doesn't give it enough weight and seriousness, and, and he doesn't do the proper tshuva. And that's why the Torah treats the sophic, the doubt, even more seriously than the, the vada, than than the one for sure. Because for the Dao, for a Korban chatas, if you know you did something wrong by mistake, you only bring a a, a female Seira. If you, for a Korban asham, it's an aisle. And there's a difference in the value between the two. The difference in the value, the cousin, Mechutin and Talmid of the Ramban goes into the one person is was both a, a cousin of the Ramban and he was a Mechutin of the Ramban. His son, married the Ramban's daughter, and he was a Talmud of the Ramban, and that's Rabbeinu Yonah, who wrote the Sharia Tshuva. And we have the Rabbeinu Yonah written up by his Talmidim, on Masech to written on the roof. And on the, in the Sugi, in the beginning of Brochus, where we talk about when it's nightfall and when it isn't, and how you are got to avoid safek. And so for Shabbos, we wait until Shabbos is definitely out. If there's any doubt, We wait. And when Shabbos comes in, we take it in early. If there's any doubt, we take it in earlier. Not to come to Safek. On that says the, the Rabbeinu Yonah, a most amazing thing. V'zehu ikar ha'yira. This is the, the root of Yira Li fe'kot. The way you deal with Safek describes the degree, the extent of your religiosity. Um, we tend to say ah, it's a safeq then it's a safeq safeq the rabbonan le kule the reis and maybe le chumre it's a safeq and, and we write it off No, it says the, the rabbeinu Yona, how you deal with sfei defines your yiret shemai v'shelo l'asot ha-mitzvot ha not do the mitzvah just as a matter of rote sh'onesh hasafek yoter me'avadai because there is greater punishment for safeq for something that is in doubt you may have done wrong the consequence is greater than if you definitely did wrong. <laughs> and then he brings the, the, the raya from our from Sugi, the whole question of a Korban asham Talui, and he does the calculation. And he says for a Korban Chatat, you've got to bring the value of two slayin, you've got to bring the value of a ma'a, which is one sixth of a dinar. That's, that's the value, the minimum value of the Korban that you bring for a Chatat. But for an Hashem, you've got to bring one which is 48 times as much. So if it's $100 that you've got to bring for a Korban Chatan, it's $4,800 that you have to bring for a Korban Hashem. That's the ratio of severity. And says the Rabbeinu the, Yonah, the, the, that teaches you how core, the way you deal with Safek is, to Jewish life. So it's not just a matter of, it, it's core to Jewish love, it's a, it's a, it's a fake, that's where your Yerushalayim comes in. Not to eat on Yom Kippur, you don't need a lot of Yerushalayim for that. Not to be Mechal Shabbos or to eat Tref, you don't need a lot of Yerushalayim. But to look outside on Shabbos and say, you know what, the, the, the calendar says Shabbos is out, but I'm not sure. Let's wait another 10 minutes. That's Yerushalayim. Not to come close to do anything doing anything wrong. And says Rabbi Yone, the reason for this is Omer Mori Harav, my Rebbe, said, the Ramban, my cousin, he taught, When a person has done something wrong, he acts. He apologizes. He does Teshuvah. He repairs it. But on he says, but he uses with, with a sophic, he starts with, with making calculations. <laughs> that piece of meat I ate, maybe it wasn't <laughs> And this is really important. It's important in our own lives. It's important in the way we raise our children. It's in the importance in the way we lead people and the way we run our businesses to give people a sense of seriousness about sophic, not even to come to a sophic. Could I be doing something wrong? How many people get into trouble with the law because they just crossed the line? And they did? And why? Because eh, maybe this, may, this might even be legal and even if it isn't legal, I'm not doing it intentionally and, eh, and it doesn't work out that way. How important it is, both from a, a legality perspective and from an ethical perspective to keep away from sophic to look at an area of sophic and just say, I don't want to live in that space. That space of sophic I want to live in a space of Vadaut. I want to live in a space of certainty, of moral certainty. There's enough doubt in the world. We've spoken about that often. Everything is suffering. We don't know anything for sure. But one thing, my life, the way I operate, can be in a space of vada'ut. I can operate with certainty and keep away from these gray areas that leave such uncertainty that I can never fix what I might or might not have done wrong. That's the essence of Yirat Shemayim. That's the essence of a relationship with Hashem that is the one that the Torah once explains, Rabbi Yona, based on the teaching of Izrebi, the Ramban, on the parasha of Ayikra and Hashem Talui, which were introduced here, I think, for the first time in, our, in the Shasset. We really are introduced to the idea of a Korban Hashem Talui.